Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Faze. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have infiltrated the gift shop. Atticus escaped detection by Keraset Skullcrawler. Marnie accidentally romanced a staff member, and Valentine befriended a reporter and identified their targets. What will happen now that they lied to building security? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. A second note, taped next to the cash register. Snow globes are fragile and deadly. Handle with care. Or else, dot, dot, dot. Oh, you know by now. Uh, and then there's just a picture of a burning part of the uh, the city and a smiley <laughs> face. Things are bleak on Vicodin. Ryan, go ahead and roll that deception check, sir. Uh, you are facing down three heavily armored uh, security personnel. Um, they are uh, wearing, uh, as we've described, uh, almost like a step shy of, of, like, think almost like Judge Dread style gear. So, like, not quite Arbides, which are just Judge Dredd, um, but uh, the sort of uh, cheaper version of that, but still, like, heavily armored, carrying heavy weapons. There are three of them, and they are massive. But you have brought a hell of a whopper of a lie, um, saying that you have uh, orders from Inquisitor Billingberg himself uh, that you must deliver uh, to the four person Balfus Bale immediately. Uh, those names in that combination, pretty solid play. There's some rules and regulations that I know about, and I'm not sure if they do, and this dice will determine it, which may determine how many holes appear in your chest. So let's roll and find out. <laughs> um, this is a... Uh, this is going to be a difficulty... Hmm. I'm going to say difficulty four. No, three. Three. Uh, I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade one of those to a red because there are a lot of rules and regulations and like procedures to be followed for stuff like this that you are not following. However, there's a lot of weird shit going on in this exact moment. So it's not outside the realm, but it is unusual. Yeah, uh, I want to spend a story point as well to up a, a die on my side because I do think from what we've seen of Valentine, he is kind of a master of the big lie. Like, it's so big, it's so shocking, and so out of nowhere, and he has physical proof that this is his forte. I, I would also argue that um, in terms of, like, you know, best lies and best propaganda being, like, you know, 80% truth, Um the authority with which you're speaking is the same authority you've used on everyone you've met on this adventure so far. Just saying, like, I am the fucking Inquisitor to listen to me. The only difference is you're saying different names <laughs> instead of it me. So I do feel like the the confidence and that, that like, it would be different if it was, like, Atticus or Marty being like, I'm the Inquisitor. Let me in. Um, <laughs> but you say oh, that'll it, be said at some point. <laughs> it sounds exactly right. It's just out of out of sync. So um, I like that. Uh, okay, so we've got you've burned a story point. I burned a story point. So we're out of story points for this now. Um, 
in terms of boost and setback, um, I will give you a boost for just the way you look. Um, there shouldn't be a commissar here. That doesn't actually make any fucking sense. Um, the mil- the like security staff would understand that. Um, the <laughs> fucking network host would not. So in theory, that should actually be worse for you, except that it's so strange and out of place that it would actually make sense that it's an Inquisitor. Um, it's the the Luke Skywalker being too short to be a Stormtrooper thing, where it's just like, it's so out of place that suddenly being like, I'm an Inquisitor. It's like, oh, that, of course, that's the only reason you could look like this. So you get a boost for that. Um, you get a... Uh, hmm... Hmm. I was going to give you a setback, but I actually don't think anything else here would cause one. It would make sense that an Inquisitor would travel with a retinue. So you guys kind of look like weird, like fucked up monsters, but I assist in any way. Um, how, how would you, how would Atticus assist this particular lie? In terms of social skills, Atticus's strengths lie in coercion, not not uh, like charming people mm-hmm. or or deceiving people or anything like that. So I think, quite truthfully, uh, he wouldn't be lying by saying this, but basically, I think he would just uh, lift a thumb to show that he has like a perfectly good set of eyes, like it's mm. this is a cover. Just huh. lift a bandage up, and he would just like quietly say like. Uh, uh, um, let us through, boy. There are bigger things at play here than you know. Um, interesting. Okay, one second. I like it. It's great. No, 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 it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I need to check their stats because I need to see how smart they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think this will either add a boost or a setback depending ah, on shit. how put together these guys are. <laughs> um, Sorry. I just not help. I liked it. No, it's great. And, and it's exactly what he would do. And uh, as you can probably imagine, um, security for like a facility that hides behind a giant energy shield and has an army outside, they follow orders to a T and authority scares them. Um, so looking at their stats, uh, yeah, I'm going to add a boost dice. I think that's great, Tyler. Yes. Valentine's eyes, the Valentine's of eyes the don't change because they're robotic, but they would have gotten a little wider and then settled when he saw them, like, get a little, little shy. <laughs> like, you can imagine it's the, uh, it's like the, the Spider-Man, um, like, eyes from uh, the, the MCU, where it's just like, the eye is like, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, great. And, um, Marnie, I imagine you would just be like standing by to fight if fighting was to be had. Is that correct? Yes. Speaking, I, I'm very aware that's not my strong suit. Um, do you want to like use your power pack or your hell gun or your plasma rifle? Or flex your new Tom, power pack? Offer me a devil's bargain or offer me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I offer you nothing um great uh okay so yeah that makes sense to me so that's good um ryan i would give you a setback for like the people you're tailing getting away but i think your iron i'm sorry what's the the name on that skill it's iron resolve 
Uh, it is, if I can find it, Tempered Will. Tempered Will. I, I think that would shrug it off. Here's the thing. I'm still going to flag those uh, because I think just as as kind of we all still collectively learn the system and continue to kind of grow as as kind of players in this this Genesis mod, it's worth us collectively kind of having this in case I'm missing anything that you guys want to throw in is like, hey, I think this would be a bonus or this would be a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still going to flag those things. Uh, also, you know, it's always nice to know that you're like passive power is working. Um, but yeah, I think you would shrug that that anxiety yeah, off. Yeah, they, like the, the skull crawlers aren't something that Valentine gives a shit about. Or yeah, I might be like, no, we should add it anyways. But no, that's not a target that he's particularly fascinated by. That's actually a very good point. Okay, so yeah, then I don't think we would add it. Um, okay, uh, I think that's that's it for the spread. All right, let's see what happens. One triumph, one threat. Ooh, uh, okay. Well, the good news is that with your triumph, it also counts as a success. So that does mean that you succeed the check. The threat is interesting. So I think what will happen is um, the uh, the the lead um, guard. Uh, We'll kind of tilt his head in that classic stormtrooper way because you know the the mask is is pretty blank, um, and he'll say, uh, "Oh, I'm I'm very sorry to to impede you, uh, Lord Inquisitor. Um, I will of course accompany you uh, to uh, uh, Miss Bale now." Um, and he he just like barks an order, and basically the three guards drop into uh, the equivalent of like. Um, you know, the VIP, like, uh, escort crew. So two of them in front, um, he falls back to the back. So behind Marnie and Atticus. Um, and the good news is that they're going to take you to bail. The bad news is they're coming with you and you get the sense that even though he's, um, he's on side, there is still, and unfortunately I, I think, we can safely say, as is true, the Inquisition is such a shadowy force that, like, they have unbridled authority, but they don't answer to anyone, and no one, like, hangs out with them. So I think there is still that sense of, like, we don't really know what the score is here. So, success, but with a threat. Now, you did get a triumph, so you do get an extra little whammy there. Uh, mm-hmm. How would you like to, to burn that bad boy? Um... Are the, is there like a specific list of options? Or can uh, I... There are combat options, uh, certainly. Uh, let me give I mean, you we're some. Not really uh, fighting them though. No, I know, but uh, we can use them for for general inspiration. Uh, I've actually got it right here. So, uh, triumph. Um, yeah, you can think of it as a more powerful version of an advantage. Um, so you could, normally it'd be like trigger criticals, all that sort of jazz. Um, that said. Um, you you kind of know how I like to roll with these things, so I guess my my question to you then perhaps let's let's not worry so much about the actual spending okay, cool. charts. Um, you can either um, carry a boost forward for anyone in your party, okay, or um, you can tell me what you would ideally like to accomplish from this triumph. Cool. Um, um, Knowing that I've got the authority, they're wary, but they're still there. When we get to Belfus Bale's office, can I order them to stay outside while I speak with her? So they're not in the room. We can have a conversation with her, but if anything goes wrong, they're right there. So we don't get rid of the threat either. I think he'll come with you, but he'll leave the other two out. If that 
works. Sure. Uh, okay, you know what? How about this? Let's say the Triumph buys you that check when we get to the door. Sure. Uh, and he, in an ideal world, he would still stick with you because he's a little uncertain. But we'll see where the check goes with it. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, does that work? Yeah. Yeah. I, think I mean, works. also, we can kind of cut to that because Valentine wouldn't say shit. Once you get a yes, you don't tell more stories. No, 100%. Also, Valentine's thrilled because he had no idea where this fucking lady's office was. <laughs> yes, this is this is a benefit. Okay, great. So um, the uh, the guards um, carry you, um, like sort of escort you through. And again, um, if you ever have been through the staff entrance of anywhere that has an outward facing sort of uh, client or guest area, it's always like stripped down. Like there's no pomp and circumstance back here. We're talking like white concrete walls. Um, you know, there's like a weird, like occasional decoration. Like there's like best distillery on Vicodin five years running that is clearly just printed by them to feel special. Um, there's old posters uh, for uh, what is now Vicodin Heritage. Um, and you see doors kind of leading off to, to other spaces. Um, uh, far ahead of you, um, you can see uh, the uh, skull crawlers who honestly... Like, this is kind of an embarrassingly small hallway. It's like uh, anytime wrestling does like, oh, no, they're they're out of the ring and into the backstage. It's just like massive people walking through a fairly small space. It actually really drops their status quite a bit because they just look uncomfortable. Um, and they're just under like stark fluorescent lights, um, which, of course, being 40K are in like incredibly like intense heavy metal um, casings uh, with like horrible grills over them. Uh, with kind of almost like little barbed wire spikes. Um, eventually, uh, you start passing windows um, that are clearly one-way glass, um, looking out onto the production floor. Um, you can see everything looks ancient and well-kept, and there's kind of monks moving about. Um, and echoing down the hall from ahead of you, you can hear an actual tour guide uh, giving the skull crawlers the kind of VIP tour. Um, and it's a very um, sort of haughty, like, so this is what we show the idiots. They all come here because they want to see how it's done. So we kept all the old machines that, you know, great, great, great grandpa Vicodin used. But it's all bullshit. We don't do anything up here. The actual floor is downstairs where uh, Doc Tavy uh, does most of his, uh, his, his magic. And realistically, I mean, you, you all know what goes into this sort of stuff. And we could not show anyone that. And there's like a sort of laughter and like some snarky comments. Um, and uh, she says, so anyway, needless to say, we're taking you on the proper VIP tour. So get ready to see the fruits of your labor, skull crawlers, because we've got a bunch of vats full of your victims to show you. Come on, right this way. Also, we really hope you've saved uh, room uh Doc Tavi's main course is going to blow your minds. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, it's like mom always said, don't forget to eat your greens. Am I right? Okay, come on, this way. Um, you're carried past that uh, as they kind of uh, exit out a, a, a big set of double doors um, that you can just kind of catch a glimpse of them descending down some stairs. You carry on to an elevator, a small lift um, that takes you down um, sort of through the slats. Uh, think of it again as like a mining elevator. You can see the skull crawlers uh, making their way into a much more industrial facility. So think like a chemical plant, like just a real 
Um, there's no bells and whistles down here. Um, just massive tanks. Um, you can smell um, an incredibly sweet uh, flavor on the air that um, Atticus and uh, Valentine, you would definitely recognize as uh, evoking Vicodin, if not the actual flavor itself. Um, kind of like how, uh, you know, if you walk near a subway, you can smell a better smelling bread than exists in the subway, but it's just there. And it's like, oh, this could be delicious. Um, and finally, uh, you kind of arrive um, where you saw the skull crawlers going down. Um, you arrive at a catwalk that is suspended above them with kind of a big overseer's um, uh, sort of office. Uh, so the skull crawlers are actually down on the floor now, moving around. Um, the elevator has dropped you off on the catwalk. Uh, it is a pretty deep underground uh, thing. This has clearly been built a long time ago and has, has been in operation for some time. Um, skull crawlers are still making their way down the stairs as you enter uh, the office. So, Ryan, go ahead and roll that check. Um, you can see that um, uh, uh, the uh, sort of uh, head of security, um, Zavala Tunica, wants to go in with you. Like, it's not even a question. He's just, like, over your shoulder ready to walk in. Um, but given your triumph, you stop him at the door. Yeah. And then I think uh, be something along the lines of, my friend, this message is for the ears of Balfus Bale alone. The cost to those who listen in on the Inquisition's messages is terribly high. <laughs> then we'll just see what happens. Um, Ryan, uh, what is there an icon that the retinue would carry? Is that standard practice? Uh, like the inquisitorial retinue? Yeah. Um, not traditionally. Um, it basically, for those who would know, and I don't know if these people would know or not, an inquisitor will send a rosette with somebody to essentially prove they're working on the Inquisition's behalf because there's no one in the fucking galaxy who would steal one for like a yep. lark. Um, mm -hmm. But no, they're like they could wear an Inquisition symbol if they're like hardcore. Like th they may have seen Inquisitorial stormtroopers if they've seen um ballot like what's his name barthas come by which is yep. just like literal stormtroopers but black with like the inquisition eye yeah, yeah. on them uh, uh, okay no. great no, that's all i need thank you so he um he lifts his collar and there is um the inquisitorial mark and he says oh i'm i'm well aware lord inquisitor uh uh inquisitor uh billingberg trusts me to be his eyes and ears on the ground while he is in space so Rest assured, what you say in my presence is as safe as I'm sure what he told you. And there's a little bit of an edge on that, as if you should know this. But again, Inquisition is such a vast shadow organization. And this guy isn't an Inquisitorial Stormtrooper. He's just a, a dude who has a cool pin. <laughs> so, yeah, I think then Valentine's... <laughs> basically got the junior Cub Scout thing. <laughs> sure, you can be a police officer, little Jimmy. Thanks for touring the precinct. Here's a badge. And he's like, oh, boy. Volunteer sheriff. Um, <laughs> Why is there a bear in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're here on behalf of the Inquisitor, then of course you would understand that when he says orders are for someone's ears only, you should not insert yourself into that conversation. I understand, Lord Inquisitor, but I am his ears. Stay out here. All right, roll them bones, buddy. I think we've gone from deception to probably coercion, realistically. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's saying the boss is my friend the most. Yeah. And also, like, realistically, uh, you're also not lying. 
<laughs> you're telling him if he comes in, you're going to kill him. Yeah. It's not a lie. Like, where's the lie? Um, <laughs> yeah. Marnie and Atticus, um, over the course of, before Ryan rolls, over the course of walking through kind of the nondescript uh, backstage hallway, um, you had a chance to size up these other two um, sort of uh, corposec, uh, like, security dudes, um, corporate security guys. Um, yeah. What do you think um, you would have been? Obviously, like, Valentine was very focused on the lie and also where where they were going and observing everything he could. What would the two of you been trying to observe about these other two security people and kind of what would your individual plans be, do you think? Um, I, I think I'm just, like, totally in defensive mode, like, just ready to... Um, I'm just watch honestly watching their patterns of movement. Like these are going to, I'm aware that anyone around us is going to become adversaries at any moment. So it's just like, what, where are they looking? What are they checking? How alert are they? Sure. How difficult is it going to be to take them down? Okay. And Tyler, how about you? Uh, in the fight pits of Pubius, uh, uh, an opponent's stance can be very telling of their, their intentions. Um, since we're on a catwalk, um, Atticus is preparing to basically toss these guys over because huh. it's just fast. Um, and we have we have wounded in our in our crew. Like a straight fight seems like not not smart. So he's basically wanting to see if this per these these uh, guards are bracing for that kind of tactic. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> if Adam McNamara were playing them, they might be bracing, but uh, uh, check out Dumb Scum and Villainy if you don't know what the yeah. fuck that refers to. Uh, <laughs> you'll have your answer by the end of episode one. Um, like stick around for the rest. Weapons, it's, it's, or are they on handrails? Is yeah. the stance wide? Are they are they walking? Because if they're walking, like you can you can kind of catch them when they're yeah, being straight off yeah, balance, yeah. kind of thing. Okay, that, those are both really really cool uh, things. I'm glad that's the way you guys are thinking about this. So, um, Tyler, are you trained in skullduggery? Is that a is that an Atticus uh, skill? No. Okay. Um, Maybe take it then as like a coordination. Would that make sense? I'm trying to think of what the best 
skill for gaining an advantage in this kind of situation would be for you. Um, I mean, I guess it could even be like a melee roll. It's not that you're doing it, but I'm basically rolling to see how, rather than me just dictating what their stance is and, and how pliable they are, I'd rather let the dice uh, determine it. Um, maybe athletics, because you'd be like trying to toss them up and over. Um, what uh, what skill do you think you'd use? Athletics would be nice, um, but if we're talking about, you know, secretly sizing up an opponent for an opening, I mean, it's probably cunning, you know, it's probably perception, which is not great, but that's probably, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, like I would say like perception or streetwise, and those are both cunning and I'm not great at either one, but that's, that just makes sense. Okay. Well, uh, Tyler, how about this? Let's cut it down the middle. Um, use your perception, but also your brawn. Because the thing is, you're not. What I'm trying to find the intersection on here is like if a like if a, a like a mixed martial artist or like a UFC fighter or something is sizing up their opponent, they're not like, how could I trick them? They're literally saying like, okay, I have this skill set. I'm aware right. that stance and blah blah blah. And it just seems to me that it's less about like you're not doing the Sherlock Holmes like, aha, if I trick him, then I can do. It. It's literally just yeah. being like, well, if he throws if he throws a left hook, I have to duck. Right. Like I can't. So. I want to kind of give you the advantage of your physical training okay. while still limiting it so it isn't just like an instant pass. So, yeah. Okay. So then that is uh, six green dice because I have no ranks in perception, but Braun gives me six. Okay, cool. Very good. Um, I'm going to say this is a difficulty of two. Um, you've had a, a decent amount of time to observe them. Uh, I like that you dropped the fighting pit reference. That does like add credence to how uh, good you'd be at this. Also, just a fun detail I didn't know. Um, ways to cheat the DM who likes stories. Tell the DM <laughs> a story he likes. Um, I think uh, I'll give you a boost for them being completely unaware that you're doing this. Uh, and also, there's not really a whole hell of a lot there. They can't be like, I'll just walk in different dumb ways so he can't possibly get me. Um, I will, however, give you a setback for being distracted by also trying to track where the skull crawlers are going. I think that that revenge piece is pretty high, sits pretty high in your mind. Um, so it's that awkward thing, you know, like uh, whenever I get a, a tweet about a possible PlayStation 5 drop and I'm in the middle of something important at work and I'm trying not to think about the tweet about the possible PlayStation 5 and mm -hmm. failing, um, you know they're there and also they're starting to get out of sight. Like this, as 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 vital and important as the situation is, you just can't help but, but worry about them. Um, they, we are currently at an even split because Ryan and I both spent story points last round, so we're still at two and two. Right. Um don't think I'm going to spend one on this. I think this is a nice, clean... Also, you're not, like, trying to toss the guy. This is just, like, you're in the zone. You're trying to figure it out. Uh, anything else you want to add or subtract or anything else? You can certainly spend if you want. Um, if anyone else has boosts or setbacks they think should be included in this, I'm open to them. This one feels like a pretty clean one to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking for anything else here, I don't think. Okay, great. Go for it. Five successes to advantage. 
you throw them off the banisters onto the skull crawlers. <laughs> um, then they okay. explode for no reason. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's a Michael Bay movie. Um, so in looking at these. Uh, these dudes. You realize both guards are just two children on top of each other's shoulders in yeah, a costume. Just two Vincent Adultmans. Um, all right. So I think uh, what'll give you that Atticus is in observing the way these guys are moving and the type of armor they're wearing um, and thinking about the kind of security you would actually need in a place surrounded by a shield with an army. Um, there's a lot of shock and awe going on. These are these are big dudes. They're, they clearly work out a lot. They're, they're in like good physical condition um but they're not frontline and realistically they're they're like armored bouncers um so what that says to you is you've, you've seen guys like this before who aren't don't have the requisite training to be actually dangerous beyond just packing on muscle and being armored and carrying a gun which is still a threat obviously but you feel very confident that if it came to a dance and you want to toss one of these guys or both of them, you'd have a distinct advantage. Okay. Good to know. Uh, and with your two points of advantage, I'll say you can convey that to Marnie. Um, I think it's again, just like kind of that, that game recognized game military thing. We're just like a nod at them and then darting your eyes to the the side of the catwalk. It's a pretty yeah. clear, like where else are they going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Marnie, I think given Tyler's wild success there, I think it's safe to say that you you both observe the same things. I think Marnie, in your case, it's less about like, all right, like I can tactically observe and more so um, you think you're as big, if not slightly bigger than these two, which means like, whatever, you can toss them wherever you want. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so, it's like if Gimli and Gwendolyn... Uh, when um Brienne of Tarth, there we yeah, go. Gim, Gimli and Brienne of Tarth, yeah, we're like hanging out. That's like what, what we look like. Yeah, but like if Gimli was just John Reese Davies' actual height. <laughs> yeah. big guy, I am short, but is, oh, are is you? he short? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, I am short. Okay, no, he's he's massive. He's he's a yeah, very tall no, guy. Yeah. No, As short. I learned from sliders. Um <laughs> Brian, yeah. uh go ahead and uh roll your tough check. What's my difficulty, Tom? Uh difficulty of You've been arguing a lot, so I'm going to say difficulty four. Um, mm. And I would like to point out that this is not necessarily a smart difficulty four on his part, because a fight with you is really not advisable. But um, he's also got a very specific fiefdom and a very specific role that he's very uh, determined to defend. Uh, it's a bit of that Dwight Schrute thing where it's like he's got so little by way of power that what power he has from the Inquisition he wants to defend strongly. Um, I will give you a boost for, again, just you're not lying. You are literally telling him what the consequences are as an Inquisitor. Um, normally, I'd give you a setback for the the goons, but I think... As time slows, uh, like in a telltale game with an important decision, and you look up, you see that like both Atticus and Marnie's body language suggests that they are like <laughs> ready to do some tossing. Um, so you're not worried about uh, the additional goons. Uh, it's a welcome change from Lyric and Alto, where you'd be guaranteed that both of them would somehow get mortally injured by these goons, and then you would get hurt. Um, so that's good. Mm. Um, 
trying to think if there's anything else I would throw in here. Yeah, I think that's it for me. I will spend a story point to jack up the the difficulty. So, uh, oh, uh, you know what? Uh, I will give you a point of boost from your triumph. I feel like just giving you a dice roll uh, wasn't enough, so I'll give you one more from that. Uh, and you're going to spend one as well, I assume? Yeah, yeah, I'll spend one as well. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. When an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, an inquisitor who needs something, and a stupid man who doesn't want to be left out of an important <laughs> conversation meet. <laughs> Only one of them is the name of the show. Who will yeah. survive? Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have two advantage and three failure. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I kill them. I kill them all. <laughs> well... I, <laughs> Again, this just a reminder. This was the wait outside conversation, not a "if you come inside, I'll shoot you in the face" conversation. Um, okay, he <laughs> he reaches for his gun, like he. I mean, he's already got it out, but he kind of like adjusts his grip. Um, but he also, you can see, he's doing that uncomfortable bully faced with authority thing, um, where he's kind of like twisting the gun. You can tell he wants to use it, but he says, uh, "I can see that." And a movable object has been an unstoppable force. <laughs> um, it says, uh, I'll offer you this. Uh, these helmets, and he like clanks on the side of his man in the iron mask helmet. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> they are uh, not great for the uh, the senses. Um, here's my, my final offer uh, before Mr. Bang Bang here gets involved. Uh, you hate that he calls his gun that. It's just bad for him. Um, says, uh, <laughs> I will accompany you inside. That's that's uh, a requirement. I'll leave my two compatriots out here. They're very capable and definitely sure-footed. Uh, they're not. Um, he says, but mm -hmm. I will turn off uh, my comm link. I just need to be in the room to ensure that nothing untoward occurs uh, with four-woman bail. But I will turn off my my headset and thus you may have your conversation privately but under my watchful eyes uh, you note that he did previously his, say his senses are wildly compromised by this helmet and sure enough he points at the little eye slits um, they're not that watchful but uh, yeah basically he'll come in with you but he'll turn off his headset so he won't be able to hear what you're saying great uh, and Valentine will will give like a solemn nod and, and raise a hand and rest it on the man's shoulder and say you pass the test friend you could protect this conversation, and you stood up as the Inquisitor would wish it. He told me that there were capable forces on this world, and it's good to know that there are. After you. And he'll just gesture towards the door. Um, it's hard to hear because it's in a metal mask, but you think you hear a... <gasps> like a, like a, a, a big... Like, just every every breath he's ever taken in his life is exhaled at once. Um, and you just hear him say... Nailed it. Uh, and then he he walks uh, into the room. Uh, you follow, and the door slams behind you. Oh, I, my people aren't coming with me. It's just me, just to be clear. Yes. Great. Great. Uh, I think on the way past then, knowing the other helmets are bad. I, oh, no. Do you know I turn back? I don't have to be secret. The helmets are bad. Who fucking cares? And I'd say to them, make sure we aren't interrupted and that things stay quiet out here, no matter what occurs. 
quiet. Uh, and then he'll turn and go in, hoping they get the fucking message to not just like throw people off the balcony into vats if they hear shit go back. <laughs> and uh, the two guards salute and say, yes, sir, Lord Inquisitor. And then they, they like turn to the two of you and uh, you hear one of them turn to the other and go, they didn't even say yes, sir, Lord Inquisitor. These guys suck. And with the death glares that both of you are giving on camera that those of you listening at home may not see, um, the door slams and Valentine goes to confront four-woman Bale. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Vase. Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Marnie Schwarzenberger. And our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V., Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title... Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom, who wants to read my 5,000-word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kiss? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk, because if I'd loved something else... I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But this way? 
I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.